Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Soundtrack of Your Life. With me on the show this week is Angelina Stiliano, who's a coach by day, helping people with things like limiting belief and confidence to help achieve their goals in life. On top of that, she has a big passion for all kinds of music, as you'll get to hear or watch in the show. You'll see her great energy and enthusiasm come through, and it was a really enjoyable um, conversation, full of points that were some were quite poignant, but some was really good fun, and it just made for another great episode for you to enjoy listening to or watching. If you're new to the show, then you can sign up to be a guest on one of the links that will be in the description somewhere, as well as check out the other replays of the other guests that I've had on the show on my YouTube channel, Inner Peace Walker TV, or on all major podcast platforms. So enjoy the show and feel supersonic. Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of Soundtrack of Your Life. If you've not seen or heard the show before, first of all, where have you been? But for those of you who are new to the show, this is basically where you take the mic and share with us your stories about how music in your life, so songs, bands, albums, soundtracks, theme tunes, you name it, have intertwined with moments, events, people, times in your life. Because I believe we've all got stories to tell when it comes to that kind of thing, whether it's the first dance at a wedding, the first album you ever bought, the song that reminds you of someone, something, somewhere. I thought, do you know what? Let's just have a platform where we can all share it. So this is what it's all about. I have the great pleasure to introduce this week on the show, Angelina Stiliano. She is a coach and entrepreneur by day, but when we spoke on our setup session, she's got a very clear passion for music and would like to share the stage today. So Angelina, welcome to the show. If you want to introduce yourself to everybody. Yeah, hi, um, Angelina or Angie, Angela or Doris, depends on where you know me from or how long you've known me, I guess. Um, and I wanted to ask you if it's all right if I call you Vish. Perfect. Perfect. So Perfect. Yes. Fine. Vish is good. Is Vish all right? Vish is good. Vish is good. Okay, good. Um, all right. So um, I kind of, I, I've been thinking about this obviously a lot about how I was going to start this conversation and I think a good way to start the conversation would be to so last year I was uh, it was my 45th birthday and I've decided I've never been married and I was never going to have a first dance I was never going to have that big you know getting everybody's and I've got lots of friends all over the place so I've got right my my, my best long-term friend um Hayley she's in Leicester and I've got um, my other best friend, Gabs, she's in Colchester and I've got people kind of all over the place because I've lived all over the place. And so I've never I've never put everybody together before, ever. Some of my friends I've been friends with for like 20 odd years. They've never, they all know about each other, but they've never met. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I've got really good friends and I've got friends all over the place. So I decided last year that I was going to, for my 45th, I was going to just have a massive big party. nice yeah yeah so it was right it was obviously it was 2022 so everybody had been locked down yeah two years and my birthday's at the end of january so it was kind of like 
the first opportunity for everybody to actually come back together. Um, so I had like a it, we it was called Saints. I did. I, I like I like planning parties and stuff anyway. But um, and we called it. I called it Saints and Sinners. So people, it was dress. It was fast dress. Everyone okay. made an effort. I think there was about forty five people there. It was it was busy, um, and I had fire dancers and a DJ and food and just like wow. really really went for it. Like, but but what I did was on. The, get into music that's where we're getting to but what i did was is the dj is a really good friend of mine locally his name's andy um we spoke quite a lot leading up to it and what i did was is that i made sure that for all of my best people that were there or my people that i like everybody that that was there i love but i made sure that everybody had a specific song so okay, I, made, right, okay. I made sure that through the whole night every single person that was in there would hear that song and go, oh, where is she? I've got to That's find my song. <laughs> so I made, I did that. I did it for, I did it for everyone. Like uh, my best friend, um, Hayley, uh, we call each other, we both call each other Doris. That's where my nickname came from. She's my Doris, I'm her Doris. And why Doris? Uh, just, it's, it's a, well, it's a southern term. So a lot of guys call their women their Doris, don't they? Uh, this is my That's Doris. true. That's true. Yeah. So she's always been my Doris and I've always been her Doris. So <laughs> as I started to meet and mingle into her friendship circles, she's always introduced me as Doris. So it's just kind of stuck. I know it gets confusing. It gets confusing. But yeah, we've all, we've always called each other Doris. Um, so like our song, um, the song that reminds me most of her is Charming Man by the Smiths. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So um, it just—it's just her song. As soon as I hear that song, it—it it just like absolutely, absolutely just makes me think of her. It's, I think I think it is her favorite song in the whole world. But for me, what reminds me of so when we first met, um, we worked together um, at a mortgage company in Leicester. Right. And she's we're nothing alike. Okay, we we we. We're complete polar opposites. Like she's tall and blonde and slim and stunning, and I'm short and dark and like. Are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm Cypriot, but this, this is not my natural hair. And um, so we're just we polar opposites. Okay. Um, I was just like, I can't stand her, and I don't think she's stunning <laughs> me either. Just like, oh man. And we got sat opposite each other at work, and it was back when Cha Cha Slide. Um, first came out in the in the charts remember so uh, my son will have been about three so it's got to be like 23 years ago that Cha Cha Slide was out in the charts and it used to come on in the background in the radio and I'd, I'd be like dancing to it across from the and that kind of started us talking and then um, I used to dare her to say things on the phone when she was speaking to people I'd be like See if you can slip fairy muffins to the conversation, and do you know like things like that. And we've been we've been best friends ever since. Like just we've yeah, it's just uh, yeah. Oh, to hear that conversation when that got slipped in. Well, I think, I think people are just really stunned on the end of the phone because they're just kind of like, did she fairy muffin or am I imagining things? Do you know? <laughs> 
It's like, I know this is a customer service, but I didn't think it'd be this kind of customer service, but. Yeah, so <laughs> I, no, for Hayley, for, for Hayley, it's like cha-cha slide, but we also love Jubel. Um, okay. I'm trying to think what it's called. Um, kept my phone out so I can check. Good uh, idea. I can go into my, um, my tunes thing. Wait one second. I love that you've got like that set up on your phone already that you can go, wait, let me, let me just uh, scroll through. That's the beauty of it. You know, that it's something I mentioned on, um, you know, show with other people that like, you know, beforehand, if you liked, you know, an album or a band, you had to, um, you know, invest the time in it. Someone like, if the album is out, you've got to go find a shop that sold the album or the single, go queue up for it or, you know, whatever it might be. But nowadays, like literally, if you think of a song or a band, or what, what is that? Literally everything is on your phone. All the whole discography, everything, man. It's crazy. It's so much better. I mean, I've got, so I've got, right, so let me tell you my playlist, right? I've got my Oh, here we go. Right, so I've got, I've got like loads of random shit. It's written like Acoustic Chill, Amy Winehouse, Angie Stone, Brian Adams, uh, Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl, um, Phil Collins, Beautiful South. There's a mixture. Then I've got, right. Absolute faves, chilled, faves one, faves two, fucking best ones, <laughs> best house music. It goes on and on, very fucking best ones, absolutely best upbeat ones. Do you know, I, I, it just, that's what my playlists are like. I can't find the Jubel song, but it's in there somewhere. I should have made a note of it, but they're, um, they're, they're mine and Hayley's songs and they're, I don't know, I like, I know that Cha Cha Slide came out 23 years ago because I know that's when me and Hayley first met. And it, it, it's, it's weird because music, music can just invoke the most passionate thoughts and feelings from your past, from your present. And it, I think it's just an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. 100%. And look, that's half the point of putting the show together because even though for, for some that, you know, may, may struggle to um, articulate their name. So if you ask them on the spot, you know, what song reminds you of a person or life or, um, you know, what was the last song that made you feel X emotion? They might, um, you know, they might struggle for a bit. Yeah. And those are people that may go, well, I've never actually thought that the, the two link together. But in ostensibly, well, they do, right? You, you timestamp a song that came out. 20 odd years ago, but instantly it was like, oh, it's the time I met my best mate at work. Yeah. And, you know, songs are such that, you know, they, they come out, um, you know, in times of the year or times in our lives where you, inextricably the, the year itself, anything else could have happened, some majorly world event, some news event or whatever, but you know that that was when that song came out yeah. and you might have heard it for the first time. And you link it. So that's my point. The, these stories are in there somewhere. You know, you, you, you'll have inostensibly, I've said that word again, but never mind. Um, <laughs> you'll, have, you'll have linked it to that moment without you consciously realising. Let's not use it if you go, right, I'm going to take in whatever that song is. It's like, yeah. it just plays and it happens to be there as you, um, you know, forge that memory or that, you know, association. So that yeah. whenever you hear it elsewhere, like you said, that idea you had at your party where everybody got to play their song and instantly when it comes to that, oh, that's mine. Um, yeah. That's what I mean, you know? It, it, and yeah. everyone's got to have a different story to how that song links to them. Yeah, yeah, so it was my, it was my, it was the one, I made sure that it was the one song that I knew would, it didn't matter how, it didn't matter what everybody was doing or how uh -huh. 
they were or whether they were upstairs because I play I party games upstairs I so it was at um, a local bar downstairs I had a DJ and there was no tables everybody was dancing and stuff and then um, upstairs there was like beer pong and like various other games and food and you know standard stuff pineapple hedgehog it's not a party is it <laughs> <laughs> But I made sure that wherever they were, as soon as that song come on, they'd come and find me for a dance because they'd be like, "Oh man, that's so it was good. It was really it, that's I amazing." Not, I, so how, how did you how did you set that up? Did you get people to it, like on the invite? You said, "You know, send me your favorite song," or did you know that that was uh, their song? Yeah, yeah, every single person that was at my party, I will have I I have a song with that. I I have I have a real thing with music, like. Um, I don't know. Well, that's what we're here to explain, isn't it? Like Haley, it's the Charming Man, Charge Your Slide, and Jubel. Those songs are our songs. So I made sure. No, I didn't ask anybody to tell me what music they wanted. I played okay. the song that I associate mostly with that person from like previous times when we've been out or, you know, whatever. And you just I, sort of rely on them to pick that up. Be like, they'll yeah, know the link and why. Yeah, well, yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah. wow. Friends, yeah, because I think we don't. I live miles away from everybody. Everybody's kind of all over the place, and hmm. other uh, my other my friends and my groups of friends see each other probably more than I see them. And like um, Selena's one of my closest friends. We we genuinely might not talk for months and months and months, but if we need each other, drop of a hat. Yeah, and we we see each other at least twice a year. We usually do like a festival. Um, so this year we went to like a little local festival called Retro, which is like a 90s house music. Nice. No, we didn't do that this year. That was last year we went to Retro with Sam and Kayla. Um, this year we didn't because um, she's getting married next year. So she's got other stuff going on. So she's saving mm -hmm. for that. But we've done like Leeds Festival and um, Foo Fighters and all that kind of stuff. And then she comes up for a Christmas piss up, which she is still doing. <laughs> Um, and like, because I think because when I spend when I spend time with my people, it's genuinely in the moment with those people, and we just have a laugh and listen to music. And there'll be certain songs that we always end up listening to the same songs. Like, um, um, one of my really, I've I've lost I've lost three really important people in my life in the last five years. I've lost two of what I would call my best friends. Right. Um, and I've lost another um, really good friend at the beginning of this year. So me and Tamara, Tamara was one of my best friends. Um, she died just over two years ago now, but we listened to Lady Antebellum. So I lived in South Africa. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, I lived in South Africa and I met Tamara through Solo, who's also gone now, uh, when I was out in South Africa. And everyone was really unsure whether me and Tamara were going to get on because she's she's from Israel she was in like the Israeli army and she was like fiery and feisty and at the time I'd gone through a really shit breakup I was in a bad place and they were like them two are either going to get on really well or it's just not going to work and we just like clicked it was just instantaneous and we used to go off into Josie and uh, blast out Lady Antebellum um and it was just everybody was like this is weird man you too and that music and who'd have thought it um 
But that music, uh, Lady Antebellum will never take me to anyone except Tamara. Any Lady Antebellum. Brilliant. It just it just is her. It's, it was our songs. We got into so, I don't know how, I, I don't know how to live from South Africa. We got into so much trouble, but it was so much fun. And it's a lot, it's easier to talk about it now. There's, I've got, um, I've got like a sad song list. Okay. Um, and um, my sad song list is just named Solo, Tamara and Rach. Because okay. they're through, so Solo died nearly five years ago now, or just over five years ago. And um, she took her own life, and that was just impossible. Um, and we had a lot of songs. Um, but there was a lot of songs jointly that we had as a group for her. Um, things like, I've got them listed here. So like Evanescence, My Immortal, Wind Beneath My Wings, The Rose Bet Midler. And they were always her songs. But for me, it was um, Hold On by Oasis. When I was in South Africa and there was me, her and Ian, um, and we would be driving to wherever we were going to be working and that would come on the radio. And I don't know, even back then before any of like the shit happened, it, it was just a really poignant song for the three of us. And I think it always will be. And it was, it wasn't the other songs for solo were songs collectively that were played at her funeral or that were already associated with her. But the Oasis Hold On song was very different. It was just a bit more personal between like the three of us. Um, you mean Stop Crying Your Heart Out? Yeah, yeah. It's not called Hold On. It is called Hold On, isn't it? Or is it called Stop Crying Your Heart Out? So the one that starts Hold On, Don't Be Scared, you never yeah. change what's been and gone. Stop Crying Your Heart Out. Yeah, yeah, that is that, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, it's, I think, like, the, I could, it's, it's weird, because for a really long time, there were certain songs I absolutely couldn't listen to, because mm. I couldn't listen to them without, and I'm, I'm only just now getting to the point where those songs now are bringing and invoking happy memories, rather than that sadness, and, oh, okay, but it's, I think I think because I have um I had another friend um lose her battle with um life and depression this year at the beginning of February and I'd I'd actually taken a bit of a break from Facebook um and she'd been helping me set up my website and helping me set up my business but back at the end of December beginning of January she was having a bit of a hard time and actually it's um it's, it's, it's hard, man. The last message I sent her was, whatever happens, just remember to breathe. And that was the last message and the last contact I had with her. And then about, I think it was about the 10th or 11th of February, I thought, I'm just going to log on to my Facebook. And um, I logged on to my Facebook. And the first thing that I saw was that Rachel's funeral was going to be on the 4th of March. And I was like, <laughs> hold on. And I think that's that that fucking solo dying hit me. Tomorrow dying hit me. Rachel um, dying hit me harder than and I, but I don't think it was that it hit me harder. I think it's because there's been because of lockdown and stuff. There was loads of funerals that I couldn't go to. I couldn't go to my mm. nans. I couldn't go to solos. I couldn't go to Tamara's. And I think going to Rachel's funeral just brought all of that. It was like I went to everybody's funeral in one funeral. 
Um, but I, they, they, they played a song at Rachel's funeral that I'd never heard before. And it's uh, Follow the Sun by Xavier Rudd. Okay, I've not heard it, but okay. Okay, wow. you should. And um, I, um, so I used to drink like a bottle of wine every night. And, you know, quite, quite the most normal thing. And I sat, uh, this song, it's, um, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a strange one, because although it was Rachel's funeral song, if I'm having a bad day, I'll put it on and listen to, listen to it. Right. Because it doesn't, it doesn't make me feel sad. It does, but it doesn't. After I listened, they played that song at her funeral, and it was the first time I'd ever heard it. The guy's got an amazing voice. It's just, it's just a really beautiful song. And um, I went after her funeral. I went and sat um, across the road at the pub, and I found the song immediately on my phone hmm. because I knew that I loved it and I knew that it resonated. But I cried all the way through Rachel's funeral. I was, I wasn't really taking in what was going on, and I sure. wanted, I wanted to listen to what those were. I wanted to listen to the song properly, and I went. I left the, I left the funeral, and I went across the road to the pub. And I immediately put the song on my phone and I saved it to my solo tomorrow and Rachel playlist. And I immediately, cause you know, on iPhone, you can flick it up, can't you? So you can see the words. Yeah. Lyrics. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I immediately um, put my um, ear pods in and I uh, put this, this, the thing on. And I, I genuinely listened to that one song all the way home on the train. And I, I went and got a large glass of red wine, which was, my favorite. I love, I love a good red wine. And I went and got this large glass of red wine and I listened to this song and I listened to it again and I listened to it again. And I thought, you know what? I, I need to, I need to make some really like, I need to make some changes here. I need to stop drinking every day. And I, you know, I've got three really bright lights that are no longer in my life that actually I, and it, 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 I massive, I made a massive change that day. Like, genuinely stopped drinking. I, I don't think I drank for about three or four months. I didn't have, I didn't even finish my drink in the pub. I literally just, from that day and that, there's, there was just, and the song, there was just something about the song that I felt so incredibly deeply that resonated that it just, it, it just, I don't know. It's really weird. It gave me hope. It gave me hope for myself. And it's, it's amazing that music can do that. It's amazing that it's, you know, it. I, I think I'm really blessed. I hear music and it gives me goosebumps. And I feel feel sorry for people that don't get that feeling. 100%. Do you know 100%. what I mean? 100%. Like that when you were describing, like, you know, you put the headphones in, you're on the way home, that's all you heard, and you automatically made a change of behavior and thought pattern from that, saying, right, you know, I need to make changes. I'm going to stop drinking this kind of thing. Yeah, and you know that you didn't set out to do that. You weren't going to listen to it and go right. I'm going to change, but it just you know. And one thing I wanted to quickly ask on that is that you know you said you didn't necessarily know what it was about the song that having read the lyrics, you know that might have played a part. But I think as well the the it's something about the musical composition of certain songs and structures that you know hit you, and you know without going into the world of musical theory, you know whether it's you know. A, a piece played in minor chords or um as instrumentation to reflect that so you might there might be a lot of strings in the um in the song or you know whichever it might be but it i'd say it's 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 sometimes it's just the whole package together 
but it's, it's really enlightening now where you've taken that song from what came of a very sombre moving sad moment to yeah. one that like you know you can you say you feel hope from it and it's, it's like it's I, that, that to me that to me is just then um an echo back to your values so when you hear something that inextricably links to the values through a song and value and hope is a value yeah of yourself then it's like okay that's the magic of it i think and as you say it's going to be different for everybody and the fact that you know we can have conversations like this can only you know hope to share it with other people because you know i think you know as, as i said before that people might struggle to to articulate that in the moment go okay you know what song makes you sad or you know that you sort of um pour out to it's not and, and people typically go to the stereotypical image of you know oh you've been dumped or get a load of ice cream or get a load of chocolate or whatever and sob no yeah. if okay if that works for you fine i'm not here to say that's not you know cool or anything that's to each their own but it's this kind of story that's like it's you don't know what it is per se but it hits you it's got a mouth organ in it wow okay wow <laughs> And it starts off by, I think it starts off and it says, follow, follow the sun, which way the wind blows on this, this day's begun, breathe, breathe, breathe in the air, set your intentions, dream with care. It's a new day. It's, it's just, I can't, I, I don't think that, I don't think they could have found a more fitting song for her, first of all, first of all, but they probably saved my life in that song. And I don't think they'll ever know that because I was, I think, um, I, and I don't want to say too much because um, there are going to be people out here that, that are out there that are going to hear this and these people relate to them. And I, it's a very personal experience that sure. they've been through and it is, but I think, um, I think that to, to openly say that, probably if I'd have carried on drinking the way that I was, or if I hadn't made the changes and maybe, you know, it would have been a detrimental twist in my life that could have led anywhere. And I think, I think that that particular song at that particular minute at that particular time was the worst possible experience for that family to go through and, sure. and her friends and her children. And I respect that. And I feel that right to my very core but that song also walked me out of there and gave me a bit of hope for myself that I'd lost completely. I love that. I don't know what it dates, but you know, I, it was, it was, a, I, don't get me wrong. The months coming after Rachel's funeral were incredibly difficult for me. There was, um, I, I think because I, my nan died in 2020 and um, I was really close to my nan. I lived with my nan. I had a very, very, very close relationship with her. And I know that my nan had been gone since 2020, um, but I didn't really, I don't think it really started to sink in until after Rachel's funeral, until I watched that someone's coffin go down. Yeah, 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 100%. Solo died and I was really poorly in 2017. I was in and out of hospital and I couldn't go to her funeral because I was in hospital that day having a procedure. And Tamara, um, she lost her life in South Africa. So I was in England and it was 
um, right at the end of lockdown, so I couldn't go to hers. So going to Rachel's and, and was just um, a massive amount of like incomprehensible grief that I really yeah. struggled with. And I spent a lot of time listening to a lot of music, a lot of really sad music. But then what I did do out of that was I built a, a, a new playlist. Um, and I brought, I built the new playlist and I called it Fucking Best Ones. Oh, and it, yeah, and it's got so, like Gravity, um, Josh Ritter, Homecoming, and Mike Poisner, took a pill in Ibiza, Xavier Rudd, Follow the Sun, Van Morrison, Into the Mystic. What a great, do you know what I mean? And I started to build a more uplifting, I started to build a more uplifting soundtrack, but one that was... One that memorialized people that I'd stopped listening to before because it made me sad. Okay. So you were so, kind of able to turn around that um, state of, as you say, well, that's what we were saying before, like sadness into that sense of hope. So it's no like, okay, I don't have to listen to music to still be sad for them. I can use it to create a playlist or songs that actually now are inspiring or kind of remembering them in a nice way. Like dancing is healing, rudimental. And tilted, Christina and the Queen. So what I did was is that I looked at I looked at my friendships with those people and I looked at other songs that we listened to mm. that weren't emotional songs, that weren't um Bette Midler and um Evanescence and those songs are all amazing songs and they are really good songs. And sometimes, like, I am an emotional twat at times. There is no question about it, right? <laughs> Honestly, I can, I can be so emotionally stunted at times. It's insane. But other times, I really struggle to cry. And I need a good, good cry. And I, okay. can do, I can play that playlist, the, the Solo Tamara and Rachel playlist, and bless all their hearts, they can dab me in tears like that. And, and then I kind of feel this bit of a release that I just need a good cry. And I don't know why I need to cry. I'm bipolar, so my mental health can be very erratic anyway. And sometimes I can sit here and cry for two days and not know why I'm crying. Am I crying? I've got no idea. And then other times I can just really feel like I need to just get out this really massive overwhelming emotion and I will hmm. go to the playlist and just... Like Michael Bublé, home. When I lived in Africa, uh, me and Solo um, and Ian, we all lived in a big house together. And um, he used to like lay in the pool in the dark and listen to like Michael Bublé, home. And then it wasn't sad. It was a good song. But now that's changed because it, it was a song. And I kind of wanted to, after Rachel, after Rachel's funeral, I kind of, and I, I, I did have a really like horrendous couple of months. Like I couldn't even have a conversation without crying. I, yeah. I had to, I had to take some time off work. Um, and I I work in business development, so a lot of my time is spent on the phone and then being rejected and being told to piss off. And mm. um, in, in in any other part of my life, I would find that I would take that incredibly personally. But when I get into work mode, it's very different. And I was getting to like half past 10, 11 o'clock in the morning and I'd be in tears. Like I, I can't cope with the way, I can't cope with these energies from people because my energy is just so depleted and sure and emotional. And um, 
Yeah, I um, I can't remember where I was going with that now. Music. So yeah, so I decided that I was going to create a new playlist, uh, a playlist that was that reminded me of the people that I loved that were no longer around, but not necessarily in the depressing sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A turnaround. Oh, yeah. I, I really like that, that you've um, been able to take that um, experience and transform it to something else because you know often we have you know i, I labeled this um thing we do um of linking a song to a moment or person as anchoring from the world of nlp where yeah. you know, that's essentially what the song is it's a bookmark to back to that place but you know it's the first time actually a guest has articulated on this show probably that you've taken the same bookmark and changed the link to it we changed the narrative yeah, exactly. We have, we have the power to do that. And I realized that really strongly. Um, but it, 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 it just, it was, a, it was a shame to me that it took such a, another pivotal mm. loss in my life for me to take a step back and reframe things. But it, it took me a good couple of months of completely losing myself in order to do that. And I, I dealt with like, I, I had, I, not really close friends, but within the first six months of this year, six people that I knew had passed away. And uh, one, like a couple of old school friends, um, an ex-boss, Rachel, um, you know, a, a friend of mine locally. And so it was a really tough start to the year. And then obviously on top of that, I dealt with like this overwhelming emotion around um, the loss of Rachel and my friends and, um, I think I just, I spent a lot of, it's weird because like normally I'd have like music on one of the speakers or on my telly in the lounge, but I spent a lot of time with my ear pods in just with music on as loud as I could possibly have it. And I, I don't know, I don't know why that helped, but it's different and it does. does Absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, it, it's, it's something I think you feel when you want to amplify what you're feeling, you're already feeling that strong sense of emotion inside you and then you need that kind of external world to reciprocate that back to you so whether that's through increased volume of whatever you're listening to to even just literally right everything else can tune out for a second yeah and i want to feel this very intensely now other people observing i say observing but what you might not get it but it's that it's very it, that's when the moment becomes even more personal you want to amplify it and almost repeat it as well Look, back in my raving days, I was always the one. I was always the one right down by the front, by the speed. How I've still got any hearing like, <laughs> beyond me? Because do you know what I used to love when I? Um, I think the last the last time properly I went anywhere that was remotely reminiscent of like the mid to late nineties mm. was um, two thousand. No, when was it? When did I move here? 2015. So it was uh, New Year's Eve, 2015, Brixton Academy. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Noisier. So we did, we watched the new year in at Brixton Academy uh, with Noisier. And then on the 1st of January, it was Fatboy Slim Smile High Club at Tobacco Dock. And they had too many DJs, right? Too many DJs were playing downstairs because they, you, we, they had the main level at, at Tobacco Dock. And then downstairs underground in the car park was where they got the setup for too many DJs. 
and it was underground it was in a car park it was too many djs the sound system was outstanding and i was right down the front with my friend fran and you know that there's 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 that thing right there's that thing between listening to the music and feeling that beat in your soul and yeah you oh yeah by them speakers it is a different feeling well, that, you you zone out then yeah yeah you literally yeah. just go right i'm locking in this moment if you join me great if you don't that's up to you but yeah, yeah i know you, exactly it's that is wow. that and then i've got the opposite end of the spectrum so um i moved i moved up as uh, this little village that i'm in in west yorkshire in 2015 and um, i moved into my current house i think in 2017 and then um during lockdown um me and my neighbors just our three houses this whole end of the street our three, we got really close during lockdown right. i mean we had we had quizzes we had egg and spoon races and we we were respectful but you know we needed to keep so i live on my own and um i think i'd like to think if there was like a little beacon of happiness shining out of the world during lockdown it came from our corner of the street. oh it's, that's nice we, we had we had a really good time do you know what i mean it wasn't we didn't take the piss and i'm not saying that we parted hard or we were respectful no, but you're right it was a very time we very much a time where you had to keep some sort of sanity in contact yeah. with people. So we, we, we yeah. where, where I live in West Yorkshire, the streets are quite narrow and we've all got like little front yards. So um, Mike and Russ would stay in their front yard. We would then sit, because there was nobody on the roads. The roads mm-hmm. were empty, weren't they? So we'd mm-hmm. then sit sort of a bit in the road and then Rachel and Rich would sit a little bit. So it's Mike and Russ, Rachel and Rich, they'd sit a little bit over there. And we we just made the, because it was the weather was glorious, we just made the best of a bad situation. Yeah. And then... I um there are, I have some very odd songs that I really love. <laughs> okay, um, here we go. Neil from the Young Ones holding my shoe, but it's not <laughs> it's not the A side that's the good side. It's the B side. Hurdy gurdy mushroom man. <laughs> it's a good one. Who'd have thought you'd have got the Young Ones quoted on this show? Brilliant. Absolutely. That's well, that's the point. <laughs> I, I used to love this. Hands up, who likes Neil? Everybody puts their hands down. I'm sorry. I love the young ones. So yeah, so, and then I was, so we was out one night. It was quite late. I think we'd all had a bit of wine. And I'd, I'd said, we were talking about old songs. And I remember there was a song back in the early 80s called uh, Grandma, I Love You. Okay. And, um, and it used to really upset me because I used to be, I used to really worry back in the early 80s when I was like six about my nan dying, which was ridiculous because she lived to 98. Mm. But it was one of those songs, you know, when you were really young. That, but there was another one and it was called It's Horrible Being in Love When You're Eight and a Half, right? Okay. Now, I, I didn't think there would be another person on this planet that would know that song. And I was, we were sat outside one day, we were just randomly talking. And we were talking about old songs. And I was like, oh, it's horrible being in love. And Russ was there. He was like, oh, it's horrible being in love when you're eight. And I was like, you are the only other person I've ever met that knows that song. So random, random songs. We always, me and Russ always duet um, Elaine Page and Barbara Dixon. I know him so well. That's right. how I was 
and I always sing the wrong parts and he always tells me off. There's lots of videos <laughs> around of him shushing me for singing the wrong parts. And I think I've murdered um, Tina Turner, What's Love Got To Do With It, quite a few times. And I know Salt and Pepper push it all the way through. I'm so tempted to get uh, you to give us an extract of it now, now that you've mentioned both of them. <laughs> there's, there's probably some videos knocking around. I might dig them out for you. Oh, that would be that would be quite the what to me. You're so right to say these um the the silly songs, the funny songs. It's like most of the show and and, and um, guests that have been on so far have obviously talked about you know um, enamoured songs like on albums, well known. You know you can get the the depth of emotion that you, you bring to the story, but it is these random funny silly songs that it will only be as you said you and your mate that will get it. Everybody else go. What? What are you doing? And um, no matter where you heard it from, but it's childhood. Uh, you know, I think our childhood. Uh, I'm speaking as like someone from like the uh, mid '80s onwards. You know, the early '90s. Kids TV was rife with you know um, theme tunes and little songs and comedy as well. Um, just littered throughout. Where just like it'd only be a couple of you that would get it. And nobody yeah. else will go, okay, these, I don't know what's going on here. But you remember it as you go on through through life. And even when you meet later on, it's like, you know, nowadays I think there's a whole, you know, they're remixing and revamping and restoring old stuff. Like, can you just leave it alone, please? Don't try and yeah. don't ruin it. Just leave it alone. You know, it's like, just stop. We don't need to CGI and 4K everything. Just, just leave it alone, right? As it was. But... Um, I love that you brought up random tracks because they're, they're sometimes the most fun to relate oh, to. There are so many though. So um, my my earliest memory of music is with my mum, right? So my, I've yeah. got I've actually got all my mum's vinyl upstairs, and there are some. Let me tell you, there is some absolute <laughs> classics in there. Um, but my mum, when my mum used to have um, Pioneer separates, I, we all wanted them. She had the mm. silver Pioneer separates with the turntable and. Before before CDs, obviously, because I was born in the seventies, so so it was a double was it like it was double tape amplifier, radio tuner, um, record player, and then she had a lot of vinyl. She had a lot of vinyl singles and LPs. And um, what we used to do is um, we used to my mum used to so there were two massive big speakers. My mum used to turn the put the speakers across from each other and turn them slightly inwards, and we used to lay on the floor in between and she put she put records on and that's where my i think my very my very 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 first love for a song was um prince little red corvette oh. um, i was very lucky to see him in concert um i i'm absolutely blessed to have seen that man i think yeah i'm so lucky um and but my he was he was an absolute favourite of mine. And I think from a really, really, really little girl, I'm talking like five and six, Little Red Corvette is a song that I think has lived with me through pretty much all of my life. It's just- Why that song in particular? I love the, I love the sound, I love the rift. I love the, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. When I, I don't know. I don't know why that particular... I mean, I, I love all of his songs. You know, I've got some of his albums framed upstairs on the wall. And, um, you know, I, I I don't know, just that that song. That's, it's really weird. There's loads... Of, I've got loads of songs like that. Loads of songs that just for some reason, there's just something about 
I think it's everything about them. I think it's the 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 guitar, it's the the chords, it's just something. There's just I think there's I think there's probably more if I really really thought about it. But I think there's I think there's probably about ten or twelve songs that I can't tell you why, but I just feel them to my very very soul. Wouldn't it be great to try and articulate that? But as you said, it's like, God, where do you start? Um, yeah, there's just, I think, I think as you get older, you can articulate why you love a song. But I think when something resonates with you at such a young age, I, I think that's really difficult to put into words because it's not, it's not, it's not something you can voice. It's a feeling and it's, it's really hard to articulate a feeling when you're so young. Well, I, I wonder. If, I wonder if that's that's um, the answer itself. Because um, you know, in in my space of personal development, I speak about the fact that as you know, um, kids, we naturally feel every emotion that you know we experience through you know our environment, whatever. And we don't necessarily have a filter system yet to go. Okay, that's an acceptable emotion. That's not acceptable from you know our caregivers. So we as kids, well whether you're an adult or a kid you will feel something naturally however much you try and repress something you will naturally feel it because that's that's you that's your experiences as kids we also have that ability to express as i said we don't go oh hang on there are people around i better not display it whatever they would just um express it and often you know it's through uh mediums like tv music and a product of our environment that we go okay wow well, i don't know what it is you know and you know you see it with kids you know when they run around with some you know in happiness and sheer happiness that i think most adults should do more but you know that's another story time for another um tale um but as we grow older we're like okay i might feel the same kind of things and as you said get more um articulate and able to say why is this song or linking to this but as kids it's like i like it that's just it yeah know? and it's a it's quite a rude song <laughs> it's not it's not a song for six-year-olds i absolutely one million percent did not understand that song i bet i didn't fucking understand that song when i went to see him when i was 14 either if i'm honest <laughs> um but yeah and i love prince um, he's one of my long, long, long term favorite. And George Michael, he's a really good long term favorite as well. Um, and yeah, man, Prince. I was so lucky to see Prince. Like, when just, did you, where did you see him? So I saw him at Earl's Court in London. Oh, wow. Um, I saw him the Diamonds and Pearls tour. And it, I was 14, so um, so I, my wow. uncle was quite a famous jockey. Okay. And um, he had run a race for a trainer that was something to do with the Prince Tour, and he'd got tickets. So they weren't just tickets, they were good tickets, you know, like we were wow. right at the side of the stage, right at the front. And he did, I, I was like 14. He was half naked on a bed with these two half naked women that kind of came round above you with him. I'm like, people didn't give a shit about kids in the 80s and early 90s. I was going to say, though, what kind of show is this? What's going on here? I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I was saying that I'm sure if you were born in the 70s and possibly early 80s, you at some point narrowly avoided being kidnapped. 
because <laughs> no one gave a shit. We were kicked out in the morning and we weren't allowed back until the evening and we were not where we should have been. True, that's <laughs> very true, actually. You know, people would be like, yeah, they'll be somewhere. And like now, there's like, you know, can't move into the next room without being monitored and surveyed. And, and you know, in some cases, it's good, but you know. We used to pay, I think it was like £1.20 and we used to get a, a full day travel card on the um, on the London Underground, and we would like go to the Trocadero. I auditioned for a West End musical once. Uh, <laughs> okay. We just walked in off the street. It was uh, Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. I can't sing. My mate couldn't sing. We were about twelve. We thought it'd be a good idea, so we just did it. We got kicked out, but I sang in the theatre. The world doesn't <laughs> know what it's missed. Maybe you should come back and try then. Go back, well, you know. There, there, are, there are many of my friends out there that are shaking their heads right now. They're just, they <laughs> really, really are going, um, just no, don't do it. I don't know, Angie. I think, you know, the world could be ready for someone like you now. Get rid of all this auto-tune and stuff. Get it, get the real deal out there, you know. So every year, on my, I, I ring most of my, my friends on their birthdays and usually sing at them. So um, <laughs> I'm brilliant. It's true. So um, Hayley will be like, She'd be like, you, you, you ring into sing, aren't you? And I'm like, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, no, it's bad. It's real. Although there are some songs that I can really belt out quite well. And it's when I'm not, if, if I'm a bit tipsy and I'm not con conscientious of my Quick, voice, where's the wine? Quick, where is it? No, don't, don't. Like, I'm thinking um, chai latte, cold chai latte. It's not going to get me drunk enough to sing, let me tell you. <laughs> Um, yeah, there are some, there are some songs. Um, Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow picture is one right. that I like. I'm quite good at singing, but I need to be drunk. Right, I think we'll have to get you on another show to do a live session then, <laughs> literal proper live session. Uh, the fact that you know you've said you've got this song and then that song and it just needs to like, I'm telling you, we can then send this off to no, let's not send off X Factor. We can make a fortune on this. And that, yeah, is no, that even going on? It's not going to happen, honestly. If you heard, you'd be like, yeah, we made a mistake. <laughs> so, no, um, no, I don't need all this auto-tune faff and stuff well, like I've, that. I've got, this, I've got this thing that makes everything sound better, so... Listen, in modern technologies, there are a load of good things, like, you know, as you said, the, the, the sound popper and all that kind of thing. But, you know, actually... Um, a guest a couple of weeks ago on the show, you know, you know, you know, probably not, I don't think on the show, but in another post of it, said that things like auto-tuning have, in essence, ruined a lot of today's music because it's very much like a homogenized product. And it's all about now what's going to make the most money rather than make the most kind of like cultural impact or, um, you know, lasting. Like you, talk, you talked about artists like Prince, George Michael. You know, they, you know, it's been what? 30, 40, 50 years since they were around, yet you still talk about them today. Of course. Uh, can you really see that many artists of today being spoke about um, years I mean, down the line, even in the immediate future? You know, I'd, you know? I know I agree. I mean, I, I, I thought it was just me, and it's something I've been really... Since I, since I said I was going to come on here and, and chat with you about music, I've been kind of thinking about it quite a lot because I realised over the last few weeks or the last week or so since I've been listening to my music, that there isn't a whole lot of new music in there. I think quite possibly there's new dance tracks in there, like rudimental and stuff. Um, uh, Imagine Dragons, they're pretty new, right? Um, mm, mm. Are they pretty new? But I think, I think, I don't know whether this is 
dish. I don't know if this is going to be a little bit controversial, and I'm probably going to kick myself afterwards because you know, like I've been thinking about this. You know, like you say something, and afterwards you think, "Shit, I forgot about that person." Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think the last really, I think the last really influential person to come out of m- modern times that will last is Amy Winehouse. Yeah, I can see why you'd say that. I think her unique voice, I think her early stuff before she got famous, the stuff that's raw is mm. just, there's nothing, there's nobody else like it. Her blues, the uh, passion, I think, um, and I, 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 you know, I like Busted. I, I you know, I've got my... Someone's my, got to. Yeah, yeah, my, uh, Hanson. Have you heard the latest version of Umbop? They've just, they re-released it a little while ago. Again? Oh, here we go. I was saying that, re- reproducing old 90s stuff. Here we go. Yeah, have, they done, really have they done it? Good. Yeah, it's actually really good. Oh, but like, I, I like, you know, like, Tony Sadaka and um, Fergal Sharky. A good heart these days is hard to find. It's there you go. A little snippet. There you go. You can sing. is eclectic, honestly. So no, I, I get why you say Amy Winehouse, because have you seen her documentary? Yes. Yeah, I mean... That is the same makers made the Oasis documentary Supersonic, so you can see the 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 cinematography they've done it, and the, the it's not just a typical you know piecing together. They go into really great detail without making it into a talking heads format, which I really like. Right, and you just get from these um, uh, documentaries the sign that these these bands and artists they're forces of nature that you know they come along maybe for a short while in you know amy winehouse's case and you know um other artists but the impact they're left behind is such as you said you struggle to think of someone else again now look people can then point that yeah but what about people like ed sheeran adele coldplay great artists in their own right not you know i i've i'm stemming away now from saying that's wrong and this is right yeah yeah. if that's what you know uh gets you going all good but as you said it's it's who's gonna last yeah it's not about longevity well it is a bit about because it is about who's gonna last but what i was saying with amy winehouse is i think ed sheeran do you know what i love about ed sheeran is and i don't know what you call it and i recently i watched his documentaries not long ago and there was a lot of what he was going through with losing his friend that really yeah yeah and i found that i found it i connected to that video and it, it i think it helped me quite a lot to be honest but he, I don't know what you call it, but he obviously, when he's on stage, he make, does all the music bits himself. What is that? Yeah, called? yeah, yeah. See, I've seen it. It's, it's quite no, extraordinary. Yeah, that's fucking, that is, I mean, right, that blows my mind. Like, seriously, that blows my mind. He is an outstanding musician. There is, he with, but he's in, he's very different to Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse wasn't just outstanding she was fucking unique. She was mm. talented in a way that I think even the likes of Ed Sheeran would say, yeah, man, she was, she's, she's different. It's a different, it's a complete, she's, she's up there with like, Kurt Cobain was genius. He was just an absolute genius. He was, that's it. There's no other way. I think there's this raw musical talent that I don't think the world is ready for. And that's why we only get a little bit of it. You see, you, 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 what you accentuate on top of is like when you, if you've seen these artists talk, you know, from a couple of interviews or whomever, they're kind of, they're the kind of reluctant geniuses, which makes you even more mind blowing too. Like, you know, Kurt Cobain did not really, 
get to grips with the stardom, struggled with it. It's like, I can't be arsed with all this. And, you know, interesting when you mentioned Ed Sheeran, yeah, he was, he's technically, wow, because I went to see him live years ago. And yeah. he'd first of all start off with just recording a, a tiny little guitar loop. You have this little device that does that. And then that's going for a little bit. And he's like, okay, what's this going on to? And then he flicks something else on and flicks that thing on and tweaks that and then gets that going. And then this it all spills out bit by bit by bit by bit. And you're like, okay, wow, it's building and building and building. But these other artists, they, they kind of strip away all that. but they, And they just they just deliver you um, the, the material straight away. It's like, you know... If you kin it to like boxing, it's like, you know, Ed Sheeran might be someone that like jabs you here and there, you know, keeps jabbing you, keeps jabbing you. But, you know, um, an Amy Winehouse or a, a Kurt Cobain or a Liam Gallagher or whoever come up with didn't she just like knock you out in one hit. And he's like, why shit? Yeah. Um, and it's just yeah. the, the, the power of it. And, and you know, that's that's what I, um, you know, see a little bit lacking nowadays, you know, not necessarily knowing obviously every artist and genre and taste out there, but um it's interesting that so many guests on this show that have come on so far have all come back to those um kind of artists and bands that they link to you know i said the same guest i had on two weeks ago we went through just a whole hour of classic 70s bands 80s bands 90s bands like you know he he, he came from like the black sabbath days and yeah. iron maiden and um uh, uh well, judas priest all this uh, stuff you know so it's like that's what I mean, the classics that, that yeah. still come on today, you know? See, I love Adamant. So I was, I yeah. was a big fan of Adamant, man. I, was, I, I had the hots for him when I was about nine. <laughs> and weirdly, Billy Joel as well. I was obsessed with Billy Joel. I remember um, my mum brought the tape, the Billy Joel album on tape, and I didn't get it, and I was pissed off with her. It was fucking good. <laughs> Honestly, like equally, I loved Tiffany, you know, like all the, but Renee and Renata saving all my love for you. And I'll shut up at your face. Uh, <laughs> absolute corkers out there that I'm pretty sure everybody's forgotten about. That we need, you need a reminder. You need like a cranky 70s and 80s songs that everyone's forgotten about. Listen, those eras produce all range of classics, you know, from, uh, you know, weird earworms to like you know yeah long long standing stuff and you know the, the one thing i will say for for today's um landscape as well is that we mentioned before you know they keep touching childhood classic stuff and ruining it but in some regards to music i think it's there's a little bit of the other side there where like you know uh last week i i found this covers band who do their own material but do a lot yeah. of covers too but they like took um say like staying alive by the Bee Gees and they've made like a a disco um metal mix with right. a female vocalist which is ridiculous yeah it's 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 it, it it still retains the disco feel but they've just thrown a whole load of heavy metal guitar in and a female vocalist who just like explodes off the mic and they've they've done it with a few you know classic rock songs and stuff and it's like okay whoa there's definitely room out there for something new yeah oh uh, yeah yeah 100 percent. i think i think you know um i love i, I love um heart 
when will I get you alone? I, 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 I can't even begin to, I mean, you can, if you went through all the stuff, I think there's about 20,000 songs in my phone. I think if you started it all and listened to it all, there's a bit of um, Chris Stapleton in there, definitely loads of Dolly Parton, I'm a big fan of Dolly. Uh, Kenny Rogers, Johnny Cash, absolute legend, rudimental, um, just, just, I, I, my music, the music, I've never, people are like, what music are you into? Well, fucking all of it. I mean, all of it, all of it, all of it, every single bit of it. I think every, every bit of music, even the stuff that you don't like, brings something. Because if you don't like it, it teaches you what you don't like. And then why don't you like it? Okay, because that's fucking important as well. Mm. It's and a I great think, point you make. That's a very great point. Yeah. I think people don't think about that. Well, I don't like that music. Well, why don't you like I don't like heavy metal. But it's not because I don't appreciate metal, because I do appreciate metal. But I've got a bipolar brain that's really loud and noisy. And heavy metal, for me, it's not that I don't like what it represents. It's just that that's far too intense for my brain. But then some days, so is house music. And like D&B and like bounce and all that kind of stuff. But on the right day, I'll listen to it. And, I, you know, I think that even the music that we hate has got a place in our life regardless we just don't realize it it's a it's a really well made point there because you know i think uh and i used to, to be um guilty of this as anybody about uh, it it promotes that music snobbery in you and that snobbery actually links you know to what i ultimately learned about self-worth now i've mentioned previously on the show that like um when i got into the the music that i'm in which is pretty much classic rock bands it was uh it was in my formative years probably early teenagers so you're trying to look for that kind of validation from other people find like-minded people so you get that un- unity with like oh someone else gets it too like when you found someone that knew about that um eight-year-old so, yeah yeah when you found someone that like, oh, someone else gets it but when you're when you're surrounded by you know others that are more into like your hip-hop and r&b and all this kind of thing and you try, you know, I, I was trying to get them to like my kind of music. You know, you'd share it and you go, you know, I'm really into this. And then, and you just get, you know, a load of like, uh, looks or just like, oh, uh, it's too loud. It, oh, what, yeah. And then you would, you would take that as a, as a um, uh, judgment on you. Yeah. So, you know, rather than the music, you're like, well, am I, you know, you even question yourself a bit like, well, should I be listening to what they're listening to and this kind of thing? And their, their music is shit and I don't get into it. And what, what's it all about? And I'm, I'm, this, this music is the right music. But as you go on and you learn a bit more about yourself, you're like, do you know what? You can still retain the fact that, okay, you might only like subsets of music. But as you said, the stuff that you don't like, first of all, it's okay. Let them, everyone's free to enjoy what they want to. There's no, there's no like, you know, what do you think something's better than another is all subjective so even if you don't like it as you said it's like well okay as like you said really well before that at least you now know what you don't like yeah and that's also underrated i think music i think music genres were really dependent on the decade and i, I beg go with me on this one right okay so like seven is it was all very retro like you think of the 70s music we couldn't reproduce that style now we couldn't reproduce that sound there's no way we'd get near it the 80s was absolute pop music it was popular music it was all it was ballads it was duran duran it was wham we couldn't reproduce that 
And I don't care what anybody says, the early 90s for me was the best R&B that was ever produced. TLC, Creep, all that era, um, Shante, Foolish, you know, like all the early 90s stuff. And then mid to late 90s was when house music really hit. And I don't think we'll ever reproduce house music like we did in the 90s. We'll, 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 we'll get good stuff. There is good stuff coming through without question. But it was it was vinyl. Vinyl vinyl sounds so different. I know, it's yeah, absolutely still does. It's amazing, and it's every it's all CDJs now, and it's it's you know it's much smoother mixing, and you you've just lost that intimacy with the vinyl that you had when before. And I think I kind I don't I think that I I didn't I'm not fickle. I think people might say it's fickle. You're fickle. You like one thing and then you like another. I don't. I I've 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 appreciated what is being achieved in the music world at the time that it's being achieved and I've mm. kept hold of what I've loved but I've grown with the music that's out there at the time when I think it was it's we are so I'm so lucky to have been born in the 70s because I think we had the best I think we've had the best spectrum of music so far yeah yeah, and and to obviously be like today you can you know as we mentioned before access it but when you're there living it live it must have been something else completely yeah you know like um you know as i was a relative latecomer to my kind of music it was the sort of you know probably late 90s early 2000s that i started to pick up guitar band music and stuff like that which is probably when it started to just start turning away from yeah. it if you will but I can't like to, to, to when you see these documentaries, you know, that outline, you know, what it was to be in that era. You just kind of even though you what you were in it but didn't live it, you're like, okay, wow. So I can say with a lot of relative certainty that like okay, the mid nineties, we were the place to be. We hit in England, we hit that kind of sweet spot of popular culture when music, uh, politics, sport, all these things just came together for a very brief period that we yeah. just like right we've actually nailed this yeah and then you know oh, yeah. things went their own way but you know we've not seen a movement since then i don't think joe you know i think we are lacking i think we're um i think we might be lacking songs based around cricket cricket yes i did i did i well before i do anything like this i always like to have a bit of a snoop around people's facebook profiles and i see that you're into cricket oh oh, oh here we go okay yeah 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 there's never been a cricket song. Has there been any cricket songs? Come on, Dreadlock Holiday. What? 10cc Dreadlock Holiday from 80s, I think 70s, 80s. Check no. it out. 10cc Dreadlock Holiday. Very like smooth reggae style, like very famous song. That's uh, I don't like cricket. Oh, oh no. I don't like cricket. That's the one. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, uh, there, there you go. Then uh, okay, not exclusively about cricket, but immediately when you think of a song interlinked with that because that's very much used as like if anyone talks about the west indies footage because it's obviously got that reggae beat to it um there's a brilliant documentary about west indies cricket uh called fire in babylon which mixes right. all kind of music because it you know in the west indies for example they grew up around the sentiments of bob marley and yeah, you know, yeah. artists like that that would fuel them to you know the heights they went to um the, in the when the cricket was on the BBC, you know they had a very famous theme tune um, to the obviously their radio coverage, but then later went into TV coverage. Um, so yeah, I mean, look when they have tournaments, they do have like a World Cup so World Cup song. So instantly, the cricket World Cup is on at the moment, 
and in the end they've made a World Cup song, which is in there. It's the it. it's the kind of generic Bollywoody style of today, to each their own. But um, you could remix Tread Holiday. That'd be quite cool. Do you know what I? I um, I've, we've, I've, I'm really gutted that I've not even touched. Up. I've I've been really. I've seen. I've not. I didn't see Bob Marley, but I, I've seen the Whalers, and I've seen Ziggy Marley and Shaka. I, w- I went to an open air concert in a massive big ball ring in Palmer in Mallorca, and oh, wow. it was a, a two day reggae festival. And um, I was seventeen. I was living in Magaluf at the time. Yes, I'd been seventeen. And um, I saw the way that, yeah, it was, it was mint. It was, I love, I absolutely love reggae music. Big fan. There must have been two of the most chilled days you could experience, right? Everybody was really stoned. <laughs> my boyfriend had a wifey. So I was, well, yeah, it, it was, it was, a, it was, it was brilliant. It was really, I think. I remember. It's a little bit vague. No, I'm really joking. It was. It was. It was really good. Twenty-four hours. Yeah. I did. Do you know what? I'm not a nightclub person. I used to be. I lived in Magaluf for quite a long time and um, worked in quite a lot of clubs and partied quite hard out there. But um, I'm. I much prefer open airs. I like open air. I much prefer festivals and being in a field and listening to music and being surrounded by. I don't like. I actually. I've got. I get really bad anxiety and. Um, I'd, if I didn't have to leave the house, I would quite happily never leave the house. Mm. I get really anxious about travelling and all sorts of things. But put me in the middle of a field with twenty thousand like-minded people, uh, with, with some good few, music, with some good music, and I'll happily just sit there all day and listen. And I, I will need escorting out, and I'll need some support. And there's any of you trusted people that I would go with that I know will look after me if I freak out and have a meltdown. But um, yeah, man, I, I I I love the open air thing. I love. I'm not I'm not a fan of being sort of inside. Nightclubs have never really been a thing for me. Mm. But yeah, I do love. Um, I love a good festival. God, we've been talking for ages. Do we need to wrap this up? I did, I was looking at the time. It's like you know, I, I don't mind if we go over a little bit, but you know, to to, to I always say leave the audience wanting more. Yeah, and... yeah no, I'm just yeah, I'm aware. Well, no, I've always got the idea that like look let's get you back on the show you know if if people enjoy it and you know the guests enjoy it let's have you back on i would love to do this again for sure look um angeline thank you so much for being on the show you know i've said said, probably got loads more to to chat about and we'll definitely get you back on the the show at some point uh you just want to give a shout out to people where they can find you if they want to find out more get in touch with what you do all that kind of thing okay so um are we gonna are we gonna hop on yeah so uh for you know probably those who are watching or listening as like a few days after um we're doing a, an after show on our instagram channels uh which is something i do with the guests or offer the guests um every time we record the show on the monday so we'll be hopping on to that um and i do that with the guest each time they come on this week so um uh, we'll catch some of you on that platform in a minute but as i say to wrap up the show if we just want to uh, if you just want to let the guests know like where they could find you to you know maybe chat more or find out about what you do as a, as a coach and all that kind of stuff yeah so um you can find me at the soul diadem as in diadem as in if i say harry potter most people get it because it's a big thing the diadem in uh, harry potter but it's the obviously the and then soul s-o-u-l and then diadem d-i d-i-a-d-e-m blimey sorry about that um and um yeah i just um just pop over and give me a like and um drop me a message uh, i'm gonna start putting some lives up 
anyway. Um, I'm a little bit back, back, a little bit more back on track now. So I'm, um, I'm just sort of uh, getting myself back out there. And this is what I needed to get myself back fired up. So thank you for inviting me on your show. It's been awesome. Not at all. Pleasure to have you on board. And as I said, we'll definitely do this again sh uh, soon. And we'll catch you all on the next episode. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Soundtrack of Your Life. Please do like the video or podcast, comment with your thoughts below, subscribe to the channel and sign up to be a guest on the show. Feel Supersonic. <laughs>